Welcome to the New Hope Sermon of the Week. We hope you are encouraged by this message by our special guest speaker. So I'd like to say first and foremost, I'm a New Hope man. I was here when New Hope started. I was a little boy. At the time, we were going to Oak Street Church of God. And my mom said one time, hey, we're going to go to a new church. So she loaded us up. Now, before I get to that, has anybody, you may remember the Abraham and Isaac story. Abraham is marching Isaac up a mountain and he's going to sacrifice his own son, right? So when we pull into New Hope Church and it's next to a funeral home, I'm kind of getting this whole Abraham Isaac vibe. I don't know whose idea that was to put that next to a funeral home. Rick, was that yours? (laughs) Because you know that 99.9% of churches that are next to funeral homes handle snakes. So I was like, you know, what am I getting myself into here? But I was only eight years old and I'm listening to whatever my mama tells me to do, right? So um, I remember walking in and saying, this place has life. It had a lot more young people to it. Um, a lot of love in the building. We went on Wednesday night classes. And um, this teacher did not really take, you know, you know, we, me, Seth, and Joe, three blue boys, we kind of um, were rambunctious a little bit. Um, Barry, don't say anything. Scott, don't say anything. We were a little bit rambunctious. And so we had a tendency to kind of take over a little bit. But he wouldn't let us do that. But he would let us draw at the end of the, um, at the, end of the lesson. But it had to be a Bible character. And I, re- I remember him teaching us how we're supposed to act in church. And I remember that we had to, I learned to put on deodorant in between soccer practice and church. Yeah, because my mom, I don't know about you guys, but my mom was, was rushing like crazy trying to get us to everywhere we had to be. It's called mom taxi. Mom taxis make the world go round. Any mom taxis in the house today? Yeah. Can we give them a round of applause? Without them, we wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be anywhere. So here we are. Moving from soccer practice to, uh, to church on Wednesday nights. And if you can imagine myself, uh, my twin brother, he's a big guy. Joe, he's a big guy. We're all in the back seat trying to change clothes because God forbid you walk into church in soccer clothes. You have church clothes on when you come in, in church, right? That was my mama. So we're in the back doing car yoga and trying to get everything ready, you know, before we get into Wednesday night services. And then we get in and they'd have a sash that we would wear. And we had these badges for memorizing scripture. And I learned scripture at New Hope. I have learned that I can't sing at New Hope from doing those children programs. So I've learned a lot of things at New Hope. And um, I remember when Pastor Tom came to New Hope. This man that spoke with such intelligence and such conviction. And week in, week out to this day can still speak a word to your heart. And he could talk about anything. Every week. He could be preaching about Sodom and Gomorrah. Something I got nothing to do with. But I feel convicted for some reason. You know, for somehow he finds one sentence that just hits me right here and I want to be up in the altar crying, right? Anybody else know what I'm talking about? What a man of God. I'm so thankful to have Pastor Tom Sturbins as a spiritual father here. So when he came to me and he said, I'm going to be out, I want you to speak on the three things you've learned at New Hope. Well, I've already given you way more than three, but, but you can see it was really hard to distill down three things that have influenced me because there's volumes of things of New Hope that have influenced my life. But there's three major points that I want to draw to, and hopefully they'll have some cohesion and then also have a word of God where it's not just a testimony of the things that I've learned, but also a word of God for our church. Number one is the value of mentorship. The value of mentorship. Number two, the best hugs aren't free. And number three is that I'm not perfect. Okay? So mentorship, best hugs aren't free. I'm not perfect. John Maxwell wrote a book. It says, good leaders ask great questions. And if you know Pastor Tom, one of the first questions he always asks, anybody know? Two questions, back to back. 
Who is mentoring you? Who's discipling you? And who, what? And who are you discipling, right? Such powerful words. Those are so, not only who's discipling you and who's mentoring you, but then also who are you mentoring and who are you discipling? Those are so important to personal growth and also building the collective capacity of a church. I remember um, I, I'm a, I was a history teacher for a long time, 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. And I remember this student, and I was given my best T.L. Lowry sermon about Vikings. Like I was up on top of the desk, and I was yelling and screaming and spitting and snotting. And uh, this boy crawls up underneath the desk, and he starts crying, like fetal position, sucking thumb, that, that type of deal in sixth grade. And first thought was, I'm going to get fired. Second thought was, I'm the worst teacher of all time. And then third thought was, man, this guy don't have a chance. I mean, they're going to eat this guy alive. This is middle school. Fast forward two years later, it's eighth grade. I'm out on the playground, and little Johnny's walking around. The same kid that crawled underneath the desk, he's got six girls following him, thinking he's the baddest guy on the planet. And he's got eight guys wanting to be just like him. That taught me something. That was a big wake-up call to me that anybody is a leader. Anybody can disciple. Anybody can mentor. And that's something that the church really needs to tap into because a lot of times we come in and we don't feel like we can mentor other people or we can disciple other people. But the inflow and the outflow are crucial to not only personal development but also to church development. I remember as a young man, I, uh, um, I didn't have a dad at home. And so when I came to New Hope, I was looking at the men of the church for guidance. And there was some solid mentorship that went on that taught me some valuable lessons. There was a mountain of a man dressed in kind of like 70s clothes. I noticed a butterfly collar. He had some big thick glasses. And he'd come up. And you had to be careful when you shook his hand because they were made out of stone. And you would just kind of sheepishly put your hand out there to shake his hand. And he'd say, how you doing, son? And you'd say, pretty good. How you doing? And he would say, if it got any better, I couldn't hardly stand it. And he'd grab a hold of your hand. And Gary Blunt, you don't know this, but that meant so much to me because I was like, man, I want to be like that guy. I want to be positive. I want to spread a smile everywhere I go. And I don't want to be one of those guys that um, is talking negative. That made me want to be a positive person. I remember, you know, mentorship can also lead to legacy. A legacy that you can see for years to come. I remember at Oak Street, there was two young men that served as our youth leaders with, with a darling wife. And it's amazing to me that Barry Sims and Scott Knatzer still have hair to this day after having to put up with the Blue Boys and that, uh, and that they survived all of that. But what a wonderful thing to see boys this tall grow up and see the fruit of your labor. What a great thing mentorship is and the legacy that we are doing every single day even when you don't even know it. I remember seeing Steve and Cheris up singing at New Hope. And I remember thinking, though, it's the consummate family man. I want to have a family like that. I see, how many of you know it's important to see successful people in church? And I see somebody successful that I want to emulate and that I want to strive towards. And that was a big mentor. It was silent mentorship, but it was a mentorship to me. I remember seeing Mike Ogle every single week. Now, he works with his hands. I mean, he, he's got farms, but he comes to church dressed to the nines every single week. And even though I thought he had the coolest thing in Sevier County with Ogles Water Park, but I used to, he, he, what really impressed me about Mike is that every time you talk to Mike or Sandy, they're clothed with humility more than anyone else that I know. What mentorship to pass down. I'm still striving to be like that. You see somebody like Ronnie Hawk, 
who runs around and he does more than you'll ever know because he's not a spotlight guy. He's not a me guy. But he'll walk around, he's a you guy, and he'll grab a hold of you. He prophesied to me that I would be a principal years before I even got an assistant principal job. He speaks life into people day in and day out. And that has flowed to me. Another thing that I've learned through this mentorship, because when I'm in school now, and I have somebody sitting across from me, I mean, I got to get on to them. But then after that, I get to build them up. And then I get to speak life into them. And I say, you're better than this, and you're bigger than this. And God's got a plan for your life. Don't tell anybody I said that, but I do it. Right? <laughs> also, Mike Walston, another guy, you got to be careful when you shake his hand. I know you don't like being called out, but the way that he takes young men and, and, and he brings them into his occupation and he teaches men to be men. It's one of the quiet riots that go out here at New Hope. This is us. This is New Hope. These are the things I've learned at New Hope. It's all through mentorship. I can see Uncle Rick and the countless people that I run into, not being around Uncle Rick, being out in the community. And they say, oh, you're Rick, Rick Maple's nephew? Let me tell you what he did for me. The, the, the seeds of mentorship that he has planted, guys, that's a legacy built for eternity. Amen? That's one of the things that I've learned here at New Hope. I see Pastor Steve, and I don't know where he's at, but there is not a bigger bulldog for Jesus than Pastor Steve. Right? He gets a bulldog grip on you and he does not let go. Don't you love it? Hasn't he taught you to be a bulldog for Jesus as well? Not, not to be a quiet type, but to go out there and actually mentor other people. What a great example. He, shows, he showed me that being a strong man is okay. You don't have to be weak and passive to be a Christian. You can be strong. And that's something that I really gravitate towards and I love. I love Pastor Tom's mentorship. Another spiritual father. One of the only people, I've got very few people in the world that call me son. And he's one of them. And he's taught me that he knows my name. Even if nobody else does. Amen. Amen? That's, that's mentorship. There's countless others. Ron and Betty. Bob and Sister Schooley. Leon. It's not in the things that they say or the things that they do. But sometimes it's in the way they make you feel. Sometimes that's mentorship. Now, sometimes mentorship's way more intensive, and that's what the church has got to do to be effective. But, you know, the proof is in the pudding. Blake, has mentorship been anything to you at New Hope? Chip, mentorship, has it built you up at New Hope? Amen. Matt Johnson? Amen. It's, it's built us into the men that we are. I'm here today as a New Hope man. There's several young guys that have been mentored here at New Hope. So when, I, when I'm talking about the three things that I've learned at New Hope, mentorship is number one. There are seasons in life, and people will come and people will go. A lot of the people that I saw, my teacher, my Wednesday night teacher at New Hope, when I first started as a boy, he's not here anymore. A lot of them aren't. But what stays, what sticks around is mentorship. Jesus discipled and mentored 12 men, and they changed the world. How are we going to win the lost for Christ? It's going to be through mentorship. It's not going to be through tracks or standing on corners with signs. It's going to be through grabbing a hold of somebody like Steve Rogers, like a bulldog, and mentoring those people. Mentorship's all through the Bible. Uh, Brother Chris, do you mind to put up Psalm 7118? And, you know, sometimes, you know, we get into this thing, well, I don't have the energy or I'm too old. But 7118 says, even when I am old and gray, 
Do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, until I mentor this next group that's coming through, until your mighty acts are declared to all that come. This is the first thing that I learned at New Hope. So I want to ask you a question real quick and just kind of check this or, or, or in your heart of hearts know this. Who's mentoring you? And then who are you mentoring? That's going to be the key to advancing the kingdom of God is mentorship. Who's it, who is pouring into you? And then who are you pouring into? Uh, Chip, Tom, and Barry, if you guys could come on. But here's the deal. Mentoring can only be done. It's predicated. There's a prerequisite to mentoring. And it's going to come with this next part. Anybody a hugger in here? Anybody love hugs? Raise your hand. I'm a, you ever see those shirts or those signs that say free hugs? Man, I love hugs. I remember when my kids were little. They grab onto your legs. You know what I'm talking about? They grab onto your legs. And they don't let go. They're like, I'm not letting go. And you're like, no, we let go. No, not letting go. So then you got to like drag them, right? And you're walking around with jacked up legs like it's leg day or something. You know what I'm talking about? I love those hugs. There's a lot of great hugs here at New Hope too. Barry Sims has got the classic godfather hug. He comes up like a godfather and he goes, come here. Come here. And he grabs you like the neck of the neck, right? Love that hug. Pastor Steve Rogers got the classic, the signature move. It's the search and destroy tackle hug. You better be ready for Steve Rogers because he will knock you off your feet. As big as you, right? You know what I'm talking about. We're big boys. He's still getting me up. Pastor Tom, he'll come. He'll grab by the neck of the neck and he'll just whisper in your ear. He'll whisper something, speak words of life into you, you know? Good ones. You're valuable. He knows your name. What great mentorship. I love those kind of hugs. You know my favorite hug, though, here at New Hope? Is when you walk through the front door, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what triumph you've had that week. It doesn't matter what failure you've had that week. It doesn't matter what mountain or what valley. It doesn't matter what your week looked like. It don't matter. Sister Frances comes and grabs you. Mm. And she goes into Holy Spirit, and she, pray, she prays over you and speaks words of life into you. She also told me I was going to be a principal way before I ever was. She's told me other things, too, that I'm waiting to come past. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Sister Francis. That's the kind of mentorship. That's the kind of things that we need. Everybody loves hugs. Do you know that, that Jose, if you could get uh, everybody ready there. There's only three types of hugs I don't like, though. Number one, when we're right in the middle of it. Flu and strep season hugs. They come and they snot all over you. You got to get a new pair of pants and, and it's just leave residue. The second one is in the cafeteria when we have chicken and waffles. Chicken and waffle day hugs. That syrup is like if you've ever worked tobacco. You know what I'm talking about? It's like concrete fingerprints. And they're like, well, I guess I'm with a new coat now. You know? And then three is in Halloween when they dress them up. You think it's cute, but it's not. Uh, unicorns. They charge at you like rhinos, man. You're like ducking and dodging out of the way. Next year, I'm, I'm, I don't care about witches and blood and zombies. I'm outlawing unicorns straight up. I mean, that's what's going down at my school. You know that, that, that hugs are also good for your health. There's a physical component to it as well. Not just emotional. It lowers your blood pressure. It increases levels of oxytocin, and it decreases or reduces cortisol, which cortisol is your, like your stress level. And if it reduces that, that means you can lose weight. I'm going to be a hugging machine. I'm going to do anything I can, Right? National Hugging Day is January 21st. Also MLK Day. Coincidence? I think not. But there's also a spiritual aspect of hugging. Henry David Thoreau wrote in Walden, he said, Most men live lives of quiet desperation. Check that. Most people in this room walking out on those streets where 
occupying your street on your block, wherever your sphere of influence is, they got a lot of stuff going on here. And ain't nobody know about it. Right? Most men live lives of quiet desperation. I remember being a teenager and I go to youth group and there was this little lady there named Aunt Peggy. She wasn't my aunt, but she was somebody's aunt. So everybody called her Aunt Peggy. And you walked in as like Sister Frances. She just hugged you and hugged you tight. And it didn't matter what you did the night before. It didn't matter how bad you screwed up the week before. It didn't matter how good you were. It didn't matter if you were sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. It didn't matter if you just put a cigarette out right before you walked in. She didn't care. She's going to hug you. And you're going to feel that love. And it's that love that keeps you coming back week after week. That's the kind of hug we have here at New Hope. Because love doesn't mean acceptance. It doesn't mean I join you in your sin. Love doesn't mean endorsement. Love means love. That's all it means. Love keeps you coming back week after week. And that's the kind of hugs we have here at New Hope. I've learned that the best hugs aren't free here at New Hope. I've learned mentorship is valuable and that the best hugs aren't free. Those kind of hugs that keep you coming back after week after week, that's real evangelism. That is effective evangelism. Leaving a track on a table, check that data and see how that works out, right? Screaming at people what they do wrong all the time. That might be one way to do it, but that's not going to be as effective as grabbing a hold of somebody and giving them an Aunt Peggy or Sister Francis hug. Love only means love. Uh, Chris, could you put up Galatians chapter 6 for us, please? See, the best hugs aren't free. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2 through 3 says, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. There's a law of Christ, and it's to bear each other's burdens. And the next part says, For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he he deceives himself. I used to come to church as an adult. And I'd be so consumed with my problems. I'd be so consumed with my bills and my worry, my family, my marriage, the things that are going on with my career, that that I really had a hard time even praising God. I had a hard time even thinking about somebody else, much less carrying another burden. I used to think that Christianity was all about my white shirt. I had to keep my shirt clean. So I didn't have time for your problems. I didn't have time to listen to what you got going on. I had to keep my shirt clean because it's all about being perfect, right? Because Christianity is all about not sinning and keeping yourself clean like there's perfect people. But then I saw huggers here at New Hope. And I saw something totally different. I saw people like Chip. Brother Chip. And by the way, these things I say aren't true except for for me. But I see a brother hypothetically like Chip. I say, Chip, I love you, man. I know you've been going through this leadership thing. And I know people let you down sometimes. And I know it's hard. And I know that sometimes there's anxiety and depression that go along with it. And I know that you wake up at 3 in the morning. But you ain't got to go through this alone, man. I used to struggle with that too. You call me. When you wake up at 3 a.m., you call me. For as long as you go through this, I go through this. I love you, man. Okay, see you later. Have a good day. And all of a sudden, Christianity ain't about my white shirt anymore. It's not about being perfect anymore. It's about the law of who? Christ. Bearing each other's burdens. These hugs ain't free, are they? Getting up at 3 a.m. in the morning to answer a phone call, that ain't free. 
Invest in time that you don't have. That ain't free. The best hugs aren't free, but it is the law of Christ. Then I see somebody like Pastor, I mean, uh, Mr. Tom. Tom King, please come on out here. Tom, how you doing, man? We've been in a small group together. I love you. I know, you. I know you've been going through a real low time right now, man. But I got to tell you, I'm on a mountaintop, man. Matter of fact, God's been good to me. And I'm, I, I know sometimes you come here and you think that you're alone, but you are not alone, man. As long as you go through this, I go through this. I know sometimes you come in here and you don't even feel like you can worship, that you can even raise your hands, but you come sit next to me. I will worship with you, man. I got you. As long as you're here, I'm here, man. And we're going to get through this together. Okay. Have a good day. Love you, man. Pretty soon, the things that I was worrying about, my problems, my needs, my wants, my issues, they seem to start going away. Because I get real busy about carrying other people's burdens. God, what was I worried about again? Oh, I don't even remember. But I got to pray for Tom right now. Oh, what, what, what was I facing? Oh, man, I don't know, but I got to pray for Chip right now. We got things going on, man. We got kingdom things to worry about. But you know what? Even though I get to be in where I start forgetting about my problems, God is so good. He'll bring me somebody like Barry. I say, hey, Barry, how's it going, man? And he says, how you doing, Hans? I say, I'm doing good. He said, how you really doing? I said, I'm struggling, man. Elijah's going to college. I've never been here before. I don't know what to do. I can't see six inches in front of my face, but I know you've been through this. I need you to mentor me, man. I need your advice. I need your counsel. I need your prayer. Can you do that, man? Thank you, brother. Thank you. Okay, have a good day. And now I get to go on on my my life. And I get to look and see, man, it's not about my white shirt. I forget about my burdens. I get to carry somebody else's. If we're going to advance the kingdom of God and advance our church, it's going to be through mentorship. But it can only be mentorship if it's predicated upon we carry each other's burdens. Right? The law of Christ. And if you ever get to thinking, like I was, man, I'm too busy. Man, I don't want to do that. That's too messy. Just remember that Jesus got his mess all over him too. He got your mess on him. Matter of fact... That hug wasn't free. It cost him something. It cost him on the cross. And he still got your mess on you, right? I don't know about you, but I'm, I still deal with it all the time. Okay, so third one. Okay, first of all, the future of the church, it's a mentorship. Secondly, that is all dependent upon carrying each other's burdens. And the third point is, you can only carry each other's burdens if we come to the realization that I'm not perfect. And neither are you. Because if you don't, you're going to be scared to share the real burden. I'm going to give you a fake burden when I'm still dealing with my real burden. And that don't work. That is not what the law of Christ is all about. We've got to come to the realization that we're not perfect. There was a verse in the Bible that tripped me up the way that it was preached. And it was when Jesus said, be ye perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. For a long time, I thought by the way that it was preached... That I could actually be perfect. That that was on me. That Hans could do that. I thought that there were actually people out there that were perfect. 
And the longer I lived, the more I know. And I know now, there ain't nobody perfect. Everybody's dealing with something. Everybody's got a struggle. Everybody battles against the flesh. Everybody has failures. Everybody has setbacks. But it can put you into a point of spiritual paranoia. Because I remember as a boy, I was told that if you commit a sin, you will die and go to hell. Uh, That was told to me. And I was like, did I sin? Like, I couldn't hardly move forward because I was so scared of my white shirt. I kept obsessing about my white shirt to where I couldn't even move forward the kingdom of God. You, um, You ever read David where he says, Lord, forgive me of my unintentional sin? With that thought process, that means that I could die and go to hell and not even know why. And not even know. I, don't, I no longer believe in either one of those, those assumptions. Because I don't believe that it's all about keeping my shirt clean. I think that it's all about the mess. Because if it was about me and me being perfect, then it's not about him. And it's got to be all about him. I tried and I failed. But it's a freeing notion to know that I will never earn it. I will never deserve it because then I don't have to worry about trying. How freeing is that to know? Yeah, I failed, but devil, you're not going to keep me down. I'm not going to wallow in condemnation. I'm going to have conviction and I'm going to turn from my sin. But you know what? I'm pointing on towards the kingdom. I don't have time to worry about that because I got to move forward and do what God wants me to do. Right? Isn't that how we advance the kingdom of God? So we've got to get over the I'm perfect and you're perfect. And then the last thing is that we've got to get over the I can do it on my own. See, Peter was a man that, and I like Peter. Pastor Tom has introduced me to a brand new Peter, one that I really connect with, man. And and I can connect with him because um, I can't walk on water and I can't preach and I can't sing. I can't play a piano, but I can cut an ear off. Oh, I can get mad. Oh, I, can, I have a temper. I can connect with failure. I can do that. But I can also connect with um, the love of God that Peter had to. And even though he failed, he still kept his heart turned towards God. I can connect with Peter because sometimes he tried to do it on his own. And if you trace back, I don't have time to trace it. But he's always trying to do it. That's why he cut the ear off. That's why he said, don't wash my feet. That's why he said, let me go with you. Because it was all about his plan. But we've got to get out of it being our plan, right? When we get out of our plan and, hey, I can do it. And then I get over, I'm not perfect. But then neither are you. That's when we can actually carry each other's burdens. That's when there's transparency to say, I can carry yours and you can carry mine. And I don't have to worry about you telling everybody what I'm dealing with. And you don't have to worry about me telling everybody what you're dealing with. And when we carry each other's burdens, that's when we can have mentorship. Dan, could you come? I think I'm down to about 30 minutes. Something like that. So the three points, just to review, things I've learned at New Hope. Number one, the value of mentorship. Number two, the best hugs aren't free, but it's about carrying each other's burdens. And number three, I'm not perfect, and neither are you. And I've learned those three things at New Hope, but I think those three things are also the key to advancing the church and the key to advancing the kingdom of God. And if that's what we want to do as a church, that's things we're already doing, then those are the things we're going to have to stay true to as we move into our new season. 
If you will, please stand. I just got a real quick question for you. And we'll close and we'll go. What burden are you carrying today? What keeps you up at night? I've already told you mine. My son's going off to college and I don't know what's going to happen. I've got burden carriers that are helping me through that. Matt Johnson spoke life on me I don't know how many times. Seth listens to me talk about it all the time at the gym. What burden are you carrying? That's me being transparent. What about you? And do you have somebody that's carrying your burden? And it can't always be your wife. My wife is awesome. And by the way, when I said that I was doing whatever, that was all pre-Tracy. You know, Tracy came and, and helped me find the light. But sometimes it can't be your wife that you tell what you're struggling with. And you can't tell your husband, wives, what you're struggling with. You need somebody else to help you carry that burden. That's what the church is for. That's what we're here for. This is new hope. This is us. Amen. So I want to ask you, are you carrying a burden right now? It's time to be transparent. And some say, yeah, I've got something I'm dealing with. The devil would ask you to stay in your seat and say, nope, my shirt's clean. Check it. White shirt. I'm good. Then I go back and do the exact same thing. And then Monday morning looks just like last Monday morning. And then the Monday morning before that. And then I get hit in the face next week with the exact same thing that I got hit in the face with. And I'm in the same spot. That's a plan from the devil. God said the law of Christ. Not building all these laws up. uh, Hey, you can't listen to this music, that movie, wear these clothes, keep my shirt clean. That's not the law. The law is carrying each other's burdens. Are you obeying the law of Christ? I'd like to ask you today, just really quickly, we're not going to hold long. But if that's you, if you're carrying a burden of any kind, I know I am. I'd like to invite you to come down front and step out now. If If you are there and you're carrying a burden, don't be scared. That's, that's what we're here to do, is to carry each other. That's what the collective body does, is we carry each other's burdens. If you got something, you say, you know what? I need to partner with somebody. I need to pray with somebody. I need, to, I need to talk about this with somebody sometimes. I need accountability. I need somebody to say, hey, man, did you do what you said you was going to do this week? Okay. Is that it? I ain't going to carry long. That means, this is exciting, because that means all you guys don't have any burdens, which is awesome. And all you guys raised your hand said that you were huggers. So I need y'all that are still back there. I want you to come find somebody down here right now. Come find somebody and partner up and say, I'm going, I'm going to carry your burden. I'm going to stand by you. You're not going to go through this alone. This is new hope. Anybody not got somebody? Come on, New Hope. This is time. Bow your back and get down here. Right? All right. Now, instead of taking a five-minute prayer and then walking out and then it being the exact same, this is what I want you to do. We're going to pray in a minute. I want you to get your phone out. Get your phone out. I want you to put their name and number in your phone because you're going to hook up now. That's what we do here at New Hope. That's what this mentorship is and discipleship is. It's not a five-minute prayer. And then we leave and not see them all week. It is, I'm going to have coffee with you this week. I mean what I say. 
this is a New Testament church. Okay, you got their name, you got their number. Set up a time where you're going to meet with them. Don't let this time go by. Have coffee. You may already have their name and number. Now, now's the time where we join each other and we've got a horizontal relationship now. We've got horizontal mentorship now. Now it's time to go vertical to an almighty God, the only one that can handle our problems. Amen? So if you will, go ahead and take the next few minutes to pray. Those of you who are back here, we're going to worship for a few minutes. Praise team if you'll come. And we're going to uh, worship. You are free to go. God bless you. Hope you have a great week. Thank you for joining us for the New Hope Sermon of the Week. For more information about this podcast or other resources, visit newhopeonline.com.